Wolverine. Hello, and welcome to the Examination Podcast. My name is Quentin Emler, and this week I'm joined by the one and only Kelsey Strutz. The Iron Man of X-Men-oriented podcasts. Dang. The Iron Man of it. That means you're a bad, badass playboy? Uh, no, I mean it in the Brett Favre sense. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that works. Well, uh, Dane's not here this week, so you know what that means. We're going to squeeze in as many cuss words as we can in this thing. Oh, he doesn't have the bleep button. Oh, we're just going to put an edit warning. This is the dark episode. The one, the one that happens at night. You don't play in front Ooh, of the kids. X-Men after dark. Yeah, there's your warning. There's your content warning. Because we're going to bring it in explicit and hot because I thought I thought the comics this week didn't really do a great job of bringing it in hot. Just so my take. So might as well bring it in explicit. Yeah, man. Just my take. Just my take. Not, nothing to look in here. And we're also going to get off beat a little bit and talk about our favorite things of 2020. Uh, it's been a bad year with the virus and stuff. And since Dane's not here to keep us track on X-Men related topics, I thought we'd share our, our favorites of 2020. So in a dark year, what kept this year from being boring? What what, what made 2020 keep spinning for you? What What's the first well, thing you got? What, to you be like on year? theme, um, there have been comics that I have really enjoyed this year. Uh, Hellions, Juggernaut, um, New Mutants, uh, X-Factor. Yep. Uh, kind of these these unexpected, these unexpected bright Tenisaurs lights. Genesis might was another really good one. The first Tenosaurus. Yes, yes, yeah, that uh, got yeah. We've had some going. highlights. Yeah, no, there um there there was lots to to that I enjoyed. Um, non comic related, if you get the chance, Death of Twenty Twenty on Netflix, pretty hilarious. Death of 2020. I'll have to check that one out. Comedy yeah. or action or? Uh, it is a basically a mockumentary uh, done by the people who do Black Mirror. Okay. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. I've, yeah. uh, I, I, I found Cobra Kai in 2020. Really oh, enjoyed yeah. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Looking forward to the next season of that. Um, the Expanse continues to be great. That's one that's been on my mind. Oh, uh, yeah. More through. than great. Expanse is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there's some good things to check out. 2020 wasn't all bad. Uh, of course, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2020. I know that's not as big a deal for you. Yeah, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so Tiger King's like a... pre-COVID, guys. I mean. Yeah, it's true. You it's know. true. I was doing my top but 10, yeah. and Tiger King had to be on there. I forgot it came out in 2020. It seemed so long ago. There was a lot of stuff that happened in 2020 that I forgot. The wildfires. Yeah. <laughs> that was a huge deal for a period of time. And then just this has been a, a long year. It feels like. Yeah. Not quite as long feeling as the tennis swords event was, but pretty long. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and we, we're not going to spend too much time dealing. There wasn't too much news as the year kind of wraps up. There, there was something. Did you, did you see what you want to share? I, I have, I have a few small things. Did you see what got pushed into the, um, that 5,000 page stimulus bill? I did not. Oh, there was something they forced into it. I don't know who did it, but they'd signed off on it. And 
I guess the Pentagon and all federal agencies have 180 days to submit all known UFO information to like the Senate subcommittee on intelligence or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who slipped that in, but that is hilarious. Joe Rogan's going to have a field day with that. Oh, he's going to be like, release the tapes. He's going to be voting for that Senator. He's going to be mm-hmm. writing endorsement letters. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I thought that was funny, but anyway, yeah, you continue. Uh, so the only real um, news I had is it appears uh, King and Black spoilers. Venom dies in King and Black number two. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read number two. Did you read number one? I did. There was a lot happening that I was just <laughs> a little out of the loop on. Yeah, I was way too out of the loop on to to the point where I'm going. It's like, man, how many times does the Earth have to be under cataclysmic? You know. Attack. Yeah. Um, also, I I guess I'm not sure, but I love this part where uh, apparently Namor's a big feature in King and Black number two. The the self proclaimed king of Earth. Well, he's self proclaimed king of lots of stuff. I know. I just it just felt so on brand for him. So it apparently does. That, that not... is totally on brand. <laughs> and Namor declares himself king of Earth and able to parlay with the king in black or whatever so that's that's about it's not a lot of comic news also spider-man apparently has a new suit which i saw that yeah i saw he's got a new new suit come and go dime a dozen but yep i mean yeah he changes suits quite often really yeah the only other thing i thought might be somewhat fun to talk about is there's a rumor that joseph gordon levitt was in talk with marvel who who would you want joseph gordon levitt to play in in marvel Oh my gosh! Um, he's a little older. He's not too old though. He could do Cyclops. You know, I thought about that. I thought he could he could pull that one off. Uh, doesn't have that red hair that Cyclops has, but I guess that. Doesn't eh, I don't think it's in, in char- inherently necessary. Yeah, for the character. Like, I mean, you know what? And who's to say? Something. Who's to say he can't be Wolverine? You know, I mean, he's got some range, I think, so. And Marvel is willing to take risks on some actors. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, unknown. Sometimes it's a known just in a role you wouldn't Reimagine a different way, yeah. Like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord and even Iron Man who started it. And, and ha- nobody thought Chris Evans would be a good Captain America, and look what no. happened there. He was not so. people's favorite like pick. He was like bottom-of-the-barrel pick for a lot of people. You know, when they, they were throwing, like, Jensen Ackles out there and every nerd, you know, with a with a cell phone was like, Jensen Ackles, who they need to pick? That's Captain America. And then when they pick Chris Evans, like, oh, oh. That guy from Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's like, that guy's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But let's go ahead and jump into this week's comics. And we actually have to go back a week in time because of Christmas. We, we decided to skip last week. And we're going to touch on what happened in Excalibur. Kelsey, what happened in Excalibur? Uh, Excalibur, uh, like most of the comic, is is dealing with the kind of fallout of Ten of Swords. Excalibur was hit hardest with the not exactly death of Betsy Braddock. Um, Rogue is missing her and wondering what they can do to get her back. Uh, When that she has to submit a like claim to X factor to see if they can do that. 
when they get the information, the information they get is that she is not, in fact, dead. Or at least they can't find any trace that would say that she is dead. So Excalibur decides that they are going to try and find either her her corpse or something to prove she's dead or that they can bring her back. So they return to Avalon. Um, using, uh, uh, oh gosh, now I can't think of his name. Not Jamie Braddock, Brian, Brian Braddock's yeah. wife and oddly intelligent and adult, you know, daughter. Uh, was, but, I couldn't tell if that was bad writing or like, no, like no, there's no way they, there's no way they wrote that character that intelligent. Cause I think someone makes a statement about it at some point. Um, Anyways, and Richter, Rick Richter and Brian's wife decide they're going to go work magic to try and either locate her or bring her back because Richter now has magic because he has Apocalypse's grimoire. Jamie Braddock decides he has uh, a better idea or other ideas. Donning his cloak, he then disappears. Uh, the Matt, the magicians i guess uh, the wizards decide to work their magic and see what they can get while jamie at bar sinister returns sinister's cloak for what one could assume is a clone of betsy braddock but we'll have to find that out at a later date let's uh following the magic they use the kind of synergy that's been pushed in the last couple arcs of different comics to kind of join hands and create a magic circle, including Jubilee's ability to create fireworks, which apparently attracts fairies. Uh, this allows them to summon forth the Britain Corps and kind of task them with finding their Betsy Braddock. So they decide, the they being the Britain Corps, decide to look through their own universes and seek out Captain Britain, who is in the starlight. So, or with the Starlight Sword. Uh, the It ends with Betsy, assuming our Betsy, waking up in bed with Warren Worthington III with T. Whether that is in our dimension, their dimension, some other dimension, we do not know. Yeah, so Angel appears to be back on Krakoa, so it seems unlikely this is our dimension. Maybe some sort of figment of hers, but uh, it feels like that had to be our Betty, based on the context of the story, both that and we also know that our Betty dated, or Betsy, Betsy I should say, uh, yeah. dated Warren the Worthington back in the X Force days. Right. So uh, I think it's that's a heavy hint that this must be ours. I'm guessing that's what they're doing. I don't like, like you said, I don't know if it is, you know, she's trapped in like a time loop type thing or in her own head somewhere. Um, there are a lot of realms in there. There are a lot of realms, and they, they've spent a lot of time exploring uh, the different realms of Otherworld that it's very possible she's in one of those that we don't know a ton about. Um, but, what I mean, what were your opinions on this issue? I, I felt it's better than it's been now that it's gotten away from Ten of Swords, but still outside of Jamie Braddock 
And... I, I just don't know if my problems with this book are the content or the way it's written. Because, like, right. for example, when the daughter's there and, like, we're going in the Brian's family and we're going in the, I guess, Captain Avalon is his name. And we're going in the, like, other Britain Corps people. I just don't care about other not, it, it, And for me, it's probably just because I am not, I was never an Excalibur person growing up. Never cared about Captain Britain. Never cared also, about like the, like, there's just little things that seem so stupid to me. Like, for example, like, there are weird fantasy versions of their costumes. Like, do are they fooling people? Because they don't necessarily, like, they have giant X's on them. They're clearly Excalibur. So, like, like why do you need to wear a different clothes? I just there? assumed it. their clothes got affected from traveling through Otherworld. Like, because Avalon is what it is, it affects those who are in it. Yeah, but, like, other people's costumes didn't get affected when they did the tin of that's called thing. that's called an oversight well I, i'm just saying like little like the little details like that on top of the fact that this is very external from the goings-on of krakoa mm-hmm. uh just just make this book hard for me um i do think that the covers of this book are gorgeous that's well and, and again I've, I've enjoyed jamie braddock's kind of interesting as this weird nut job that they've got running avalon um, mm-hmm. but until they start really diving in deep with the different realms of Otherworld, it's going to be hard for me to get interested in this. Also, like, I'm not sure that I'm glad to see Rogan Gambit. I'm just not sure this in Jubilee, but like, this doesn't feel like their book. This doesn't feel like this, they, it, it, this it is does. It story. seems like it seems like a team of. Okay, they took, they're like, well, we've got these popular 90, 90s characters that no one is using, but it's like, but man, they were always popular. Let's just put them in here, because, you know, they weren't, they were popular in that they were in the 90s, but you didn't watch X-Men for Rogue, Jubilee, and Gambit, really. And some people would say, yeah, I love Gambit, but really, how much Gambit did you really care about? Yeah, I mean, I would just assume watch them. I I don't know. I I would rather read a book with a bunch of characters I don't know that makes sense here than right. these characters forced well, in and that don't really act or look. That that's kind of what they've done with our most well reviewed issues. When they're yeah. like like, oh, here's Hellions. You don't even know who a part of the, many of these characters are. Have fun. Here's yeah. here's X Factor. This is the D team. Enjoy. You know, and, the, the, and also anytime we get Jamie Braddock, I feel like that's when the book's working its best. It is. Yeah. Like he truly yeah. embraces the weirdness that this could be. So And he seems like he belongs there. Right. Like in other world, doing other world stuff. So all right, well we'll see if this book picks up or not. Um it's not always on the top of my list or even anywhere above the last place, but Hopefully, um, this new storyline with Betsy can be compelling. And I, I feel like Warren is somebody who could look cool and look interesting in the Excalibur lineup. So maybe he'll be around more, too. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Let's talk. Um, I, I want to talk about X-Men, but I feel like that one really needs to be last. So Yeah, I would leave let, it last. Talk, we can talk about Wolverine. Yeah, let's talk about Wolverine and a uh, a new 
new branch of the storyline here. I know this one's been all over the place. Why not? Why not add a new branch to the Wolverine storyline? Wolverine opens up with our favorite knucklehead coming through his gate to Jeff Bannister's house to share a cold one and swap stories about how rough stuff is and, you know, how they've been in the in the shit together or not together but they've both been in the shit so swapping war stories kind of learn more about their past and you know what kind of gets them to keep moving on um we find out about the x desk being interested in both yes you do we find a a little bit more about the x desk because apparently they've got spies everywhere and of course, the X desk. Did, I, I got a question. Did you recognize who that was sitting I did not. at the X desk? Okay, I just didn't know. It's like, well, it's a lady in a wheelchair. Maybe she's yeah. been around before. I don't know. Maybe it also looks new. like it could be this. This is me stupid looking into it, but I thought it might be Professor X's chair from like the movies. Oh, the I'm, not, I'm not saying it movies. is. I'm just saying no. like, Anyways. it doesn't look like a normal wheelchair. Moving on, they. Uh, a flash to Utah where a mercenary outfit breaks into a black site bunker uh, to steal Logan Wolverine's uh, weapon X dog tags. And you get the, you get the sense that the main mercenaries kind of a big deal. Uh, I believe he's the one who also attacked several other sites. Uh, continuing on from there. Omega Red is released from his cave with no knowledge that he had died and been resurrected uh, and is ambushed by Scout and Dakin and Wolverine, who basically are going to try and beat out information about Russia and Russian collusion and, you know, figure out what's going on there. Uh, Omega Red tells them, no, I didn't I didn't drown you or anything. So you got to figure that out yourself. And I thought this was a place of forgiveness, which he keeps bringing up, but he's still a murderous psycho. Anyways. Do you get the uh, uh, the feeling that, like, maybe Omega Red, like, didn't kill him? Or, like, didn't, like, throw him in the ice and give him the vampires? It's very possible. And it's uh, also hard to tell if these stories are happening chronologically or not, because this one almost implies... All over the place. Although, uh, points to the Wolverine group, I didn't realize there was a sound that his, their claws made going back in. Okay. Snacked. I don't think I've ever read that before. Snack, I've always, snack. I've already read snicked when it, when it comes snick, out. Snack. But snick, snacked. Snack, snack. Snack. Snack of the stick. Right. Um, so then you learn a little bit about the new spy technology that apparently Krakoa has, which is kind of a cool, like at first I read about it and was like, oh great, biotech, capable of putting listening devices in bio, but then they're like, oh, paving stones of a patio at the home of blah, 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 or things like that. Like, I, I thought that was yeah. clever. Um, then Beast shows the complete ripoff of uh, Batman Dark Knight uh, technology and the imaging of a uh, bunker, the bunker that was hit earlier, they believe it may have been a mutant from Team X. They know Creed isn't there. They know Wolverine's with them. So the only one left 
uh, to be account- not accounted for is Agent Zero, aka David North, aka Maverick. So when Wolverine, or fast forward to Los Angeles, where a mercenary group is attacking a um, house in, uh, or Dazzler's house, actually, uh, they are then in turn ambushed by Wolverine, who decides he's going to get information out of them, of uh, trying to find out the location of Maverick. After torturing an individual, he is able to get kind of last whereabouts of him, which was where he saw him in Utah. And he learns about a place called Legacy House that kind of deals in black market mutant stuff. Uh, he is then, sh- the, the informant is then shot, and Wolverine must then dress up and go all James Bond to get into this legacy house, which is in Madripoor. And sporting an eye patch and entering to find out about this auction is where we are left. Yeah, so Wolverine is a book that continues once again to be all over the place. Uh, yeah, it's, it is a, the, the best way to compare it is to compare it to Juggernaut in that it is formulaic and like a serial, like a weekly serial where it's, but instead of tightening up like Juggernaut has and executing everything to an extremely high degree, it's looser and things are just executed a, more poorly. Yeah, I liked it more when it was focusing on just that one story, like the ghost girl or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, the, the and CIA like... one, or or even the vampires. If it's just going to the vampires next, like it seems like they are they are bringing things back in, which is nice in a way. Um, like Banner reminds stuff, me, but of but whenever... they're, add, they're adding too much into it with it. it. When I read Wolverine. I feel like it's like when I used to read the Phantom comics in the newspaper and I'd miss weeks. Yeah. I just go like whatever I could find a newspaper and look uh-huh. for the comics which Phantom. And I have no clue like if I miss three weeks in the middle or two weeks. Like that's how it feels right. reading these issues. Well, and, and part of my issue with what they're doing in Wolverine is they're bleeding into other comics a little bit too much for my liking in that. I wish they had left stuff going on in Madripoor with the Marauders. I wish they had left, you know, the, the vampires are either his or, you know. Well, Madripoor is where that Patch comic, or where Patch, the character, was first active. I mean, I don't think they're going to have crossover. Madripoor is a famous X-Men it, location. It is, it is. But it's like, it, they're, they're going to it from multiple directions that you'd think there'd be a little inter interagency work, you know. Yeah. But. I think Ben Percy's sin, like, I, I get what you're saying there, and I, I thought you were going to go actually with X-Force and how Ben Percy's writing about these books. And yeah. I think if I could give him some advice, which I have no business doing, because I just think he needs to focus on one story at a time, because both books are kind of suffering from this hop all over the place. That, that's what I was saying, like, like with the, with the vampire storyline, I don't hate that. I don't hate that he's involved with Dracula and stuff. I wish he they had stuck with it because it kind of gave him his own area. Now again, you run into the issue I I have with Wolverine and that he is in a lot of comics and while they're comics and you suspend your disbelief to a great deal, it gets confusing when you're going, "Well, 
when did he do this? Wasn't he over there doing that though? So how do you do this and this and this? When does this guy sleep? You know, I I can suspend the disbelief on that. I I I hear you, but I also like. I don't know. I think I think I still want to stick on this Ben Percy Excalibur conversation because we're reviewing these two books back to back, and I I want to for some reason I think I like Wolverine more than Excalibur, even though they're both kind of messy and all over the place. And I'll say I think it's because I don't know. Ben Percy feels like John Woo, where I don't necessarily like care for the storyline, but Wolverine's always going to do interesting action, and X Force is the same way. Yeah. I feel like yeah, Ben I, Percy I, I can, I can agree gives with that. us interesting stuff. Yeah. Whereas Excalibur, the premise isn't as interesting. So even if she's writing just as good of a book as Ben Percy is, it's harder to appreciate because Wolverine at the end of the day is still Wolverine and I still kind of enjoy him doing anything. Right. So really not fair. Um, hopefully this book can resolve and get focused on one track and, and feel a little more coherent. And if you're going to pull Wolverine all over the place, like, like you said, like make it clear, like put an editorial note in there, say this happens before X force number 14 or before X-Men or heaven forbid, you don't put Wolverine in every book. Right. So I don't know. Give us one or the other. All right, let's talk X-Men number 16 and uh, figure out what's happening in the Hickman Rand book. So X-Force number, or X-Men number 16 uh, continues the trend posted to Swords of this being a mainly Cyclops book, which I enjoy a lot. Unlike Wolverine, who's in every book, it's nice to have a consistent voice and character to get to follow in this story. Uh, do you feel that same way? Uh, yeah, that is one of the few things I, I, I've really enjoyed about X-Men is that they've stuck with Cyclops and the Summers family as a whole, kind of. Yeah. So this book um, takes place. We finally get to see uh, a Rocco. We find out that it's a, a fragment. We kind of get the answer there. It was a fragment that came. And so it joined with Gracoa and they needed to flip it to get the other gate. It needed to somehow invert. And that would allow them to get in touch with Rocco. So Gracoa and Rocco do some sort of conversation piece with Cypher. And they figure out that they have irreparably changed. Like they're never going to be the same. And so they've decided that they're not actually going to join after all. And um, the Cyclops then, they talk to, or sorry, Magneto and Professor X talk to Iska the Unbeaten, talk about how their two cultures have diverged and how, you know, the people in um, where Iska's from in Morocco don't have the same culture at this point. They're completely different societies despite both being mutants. And so they kind of decide, like, to leave things the way they are. They also address the vacancy of Jean Grey, who has resigned from being a member of the Quiet Council as well as Apocalypse. And they said that they're stepping out and they're forming an X-Men group that Cyclops and Jean will be a part of that is not controlled by the Quiet Council, but instead represents the people and will be elected members of X-Men by the people. So kind of a wild issue a lot of like slow build setup for things to come. I I don't know how to feel about it. What, what were your thoughts? Um, several things. I really liked the 
idea of, of bringing a new X-Men team back and the, tr- you know, having, you know, people vote who should be in the X-Men. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, it, it well, what make, is an X-Men? Like what, feel, what do you think? It, it feels like, like X-Men though. Like, like they're, they're like, no, we're putting this team together. You know, we need, we need to still have heroes. Why well, was like, wh- why do you need X-Men? Like the Cohen culture doesn't make sense to me. Like, if this is a government, if this well, is a care, democratically elected a, people, why they aren't they just a, the government? Because he wants them to, Cyclops is looking to have them stand outside the government. This is like the opposite of like making sense to me. This whole like, if anything, uh, you'd want your leaders to be this, this dem- strikes- democratically based and your squad to be chosen for skills. As... Cyclops regretting what they've done and, you know, wanting to kind of get back to the old ways. Um, but at the same time, he's not. Like, this isn't the X-Men of old. This is a popularity contest. This is true. This is true. Like, Nightcrawler oh, and, can't, and Storm can't be X-Men now. Hold on. We don't know that he's not going to vet these people first. <laughs> Where we just, maybe he's just like, you can you can elect someone to be you know, to, to, for us to look at, because it's a lot of mutants to choose from. It's like, okay. Anyways, the thing I have the, the hardest time with, and it's kind of, it's brings up a good point where it's like, oh, you guys are like children playing at government. You, you don't actually really have a government yet. It's like, we have an established system. We know what we're doing. Granted, they're in a foreign country or a foreign earth, and that's going to be a problem. But she hits the nail on the head with that because the Quiet Council, uh, it must have slipped their head when they go, oh, we've got, you know, whatever, what do they say, 10 times their number that came yeah. through? You got 10 times your number coming through of mutants that you don't know their powers, you don't know their attitudes, their allegiances, their languages. I, I mean, you're bringing them through and you've got other foreign governments who are going to go, wait a minute, why did this I- other island just show up here and it's also full of mutants? And then when those mutants start popping off, because they're going to pop off, you know, what are foreign governments going to do? It's like, well, we're going to hold Krakoa responsible. You brought them here. It's like, we, we it's, you want your nation recognized. What is this? You know, it just seems like no forethought was brought in that from Apocalypse, whoever, you know, Apocalypse made the decision, but you would have thought Professor X, Magneto, and them would have, okay, this decision was made, this is happening, now we need to kind of figure out what to do. They, like, just assumed that the islands were going to come together, and Cypher's right. It's like, one island has spent thousands of years in a constant state of war. It's different. It's just completely different now. Yeah. Also, like, it makes some of the things from Ten of Swords seem even more pointless. Like, the fact that the islands were like, no, we're going to have this whole war because you don't want to just close the gate because I refuse to be separated. Then it's like, actually, I, we're I don't not like going to get together. Yeah, we're not getting yeah. together. I actually don't like There's this. so guy. many things that make Ten of Swords. That, that's the takeaway that I think makes this issue feel rough for me is one, it makes. The Quiet Council seems stupid and pointless because we're going to have a democracy-voted X-Men that are champions of the people. And it's like, 
well, people are going to listen to the X-Men more than they are the Quiet Council. Like, right? How will this do anything but undermine the Quiet Council? Yeah, exact, exactly. Then you've got the whole event, Ten of Swords, being even more pointless because now the two nations aren't joining like it sounded like they were doing. Like, that right. was the only positive Now you've thing. got a floating island out there, too. You've got an island floating out there. And, you again, like I said, what are they doing? Because, like I said, you have a lot of other countries now who are going to go, okay, what is happening here? We need answers now. And if you don't, you know, give us answers, like, we're going to eventually have to take action here. And apparently there's enough power damage. Although, okay, I'm, I'm about to go on a side tangent here. Get it, boy. Uh, my question is, with all this power dampening ability, what is Krakoa's power? Because couldn't they just hit Krakoa with power dampening and just make it an inert island and then those people can't feed themselves? I, probably. I mean, this is oh, okay. what would happen to a yeah. mutant island if you dampened it. That's I, I just a thought. Anyways, uh, yeah. This, what if they drop yeah power dampening bombs on it? I I both I, I I both disliked this issue for some of the logistical stuff, but I I am excited for future issues because of the Cyclops Jean Grey X Men direction. I think it's an interesting perspective. I just don't understand why, if you're the Quiet Council, you would allow this to exist. Or I, I yeah. just don't know, and I also don't know what they do, because like, what what but is they can't their invade it. They can't invade that island and take it. Unless, yeah, like what unless, are they? Unless Ixa joins them or Iska joins them, then they know they win. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're bringing up them. I feel like Iska and them just have no interest in coming back. Like they kind of like their lifestyle. Yeah, point. they have their island. Maybe they won't leave it. But then again, what if they do? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. We'll we'll see what direction this takes. I'll I'll be interested to see what Dane has to say next week. Um, but overall, I mean, I enjoy Cyclops and stuff. This is one of those books where I want to hear where it's going, but I don't like the wait time between issues. Yes, because this wasn't enough to fulfill me by any. Because what what do we even like, have? What do we even have next week? Uh, I don't know, but I'll tell you in one second. All righty. All right, so. Next week on the Marvel front, let's see. Okay, we will have um, Hellions, number eight. We'll have X-Factor, number six. And we'll have Juggernaut, number five. Ooh, That's should be a good week. week as you can have. Yeah. I'm not a big X-Factor fan. I, I know you guys are huge. I like it. I just like the detective kind of thing that they're doing, so... Week after that, we have Marauders, Sword Number Two, and that looks like it. So, well, either way, some solid weeks there. Uh, I feel like unless you've got something for it, we could kind of skip the Danger Room since it's just two weeks, two of us. I I don't, and let's be honest, I totally need Dane to like bail my ass out of the Danger Room most of the time. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll give you a hint. He's the most popular X Men in the world. Oh, Jubilee. Nailed it. And that's yep. all the time we got <laughs> yeah. this week. He's popular. Fireworks show. So, all right, man. Well, that laps, wraps it up for this week. Can't wait till next week uh, when we talk Hellions, Juggernaut, and X Factor. Until then. Peace. Peace.
Hi, and thanks for listening to the Examination Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, write us a five-star Omega-level review that would make us mutant and proud. We would really appreciate it. Me and the guys love Talking Nerd, and we want you to be a part of the conversation as well. If you have any topics you want to discuss, questions to ask, or suggestions for the Marvel 20 Questions Danger Room segment, you can always get connected with us. Email us at q.examination at gmail.com. Remember, examination is E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow us on our Twitter handle, at examination, spelled the same way. Or visit our website, examination.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening. We love having you be a part of our community, and we can't wait to hear from you. See you next week.